I could not function without taking a Percocet at night. I could not sleep. I couldn't do anything. I craved, I was excited to take it. R-O-T-N, let me present to you the Rotten Podcast. The Rotten Podcast. How do you want me to say it? Rotten. And welcome back to another episode of the Rotten <laughs> Podcast. We are on episode 37. Woo-woo. Coming live from the morning. Tiffany's looking pretty sleepy over there. <laughs> Somehow got her out of bed to do this. But. I know. Honestly, I didn't go to bed till like 4 a.m. last night after really? we woke up from watching Alone. Yeah. I don't know why I could not fall asleep. Like when we went into the bedroom? I have been struggling with my foot lately. Mm. I don't know why I said that so weird. I'm clearly tired, but I have been struggling with my freaking foot. Why don't you tell people what happened with your foot? Okay, so when I was a dumbass that had just recently graduated from UCLA, I decided to live in Skid Row, like literally fifth and spring. Pretty much Skid Row was like fourth and Broadway, if you know, it was just one block down. And I couldn't afford anything, so I got a really, really, really tall loft that was maybe 1,200 square feet that I was gonna share with my sister, and my sister did not want this place because there were no walls. So in exchange of me wanting to get this place, I was like, I will put up curtains that will cover us so that you know we can have separate living areas. So to like put up these walls, it was so long. It was a weird shaped room. And so I had to put up curtains 20 feet across and they were like heavy duty blackout curtains. They probably weighed in total like 30 pounds for all of it, if not way more than that. And I put them up using a ladder and I somehow got the curtains to like wrap around the ladder. So when I yanked on the curtains to like bring it up, up, it yanked me underneath the ladder and like I you got shot out from yes and you were standing at the top of the ladder I was right? standing on the very tippy top of the ladder like the area you're not supposed to actually maybe one down but either way I was barefoot on pure concrete because it's a oh, loft Jesus. and so I landed on one foot and it happened to be my left foot I fractured my foot I shattered my calcaneus heel in 25 pieces I have like two plates in my foot and like 15 pins I don't even know anymore I remember back then but i can't remember it's 13 15 whatever but i always have this like lingering pain it never mm-hmm. goes away it's always at like a three out of ten level like just kind of dull lingering in the background mm-hmm. and on your frankenfoot so we call it the frankenfoot Franken because it's got stitches and it looks like a little you know frankenfoot it's, <laughs> it's really gross looking it's not as cute as my other foot and i also have no um arch because of it like i have one flat foot and then yeah. one regular foot i have the flattest feet <laughs> yes, in the world like when do. i like walk it like, makes this sound is like it's like this it's like you know what it makes it creates a vacuum seal oh it does sometimes like <laughs> no like when i get out of water and i go and i step on like the concrete or the bathroom floor and you see my footprint it's like just a flat, flat foot there's <laughs> it looks no like foot. it's hilarious also but it doesn't I, help that you have like size 12 feet either yeah giant flat giant foot heavy flat feet so but i wonder what all of a sudden because it's really just been in the past month right I've been having the craziest pain with it. I don't Wendy, know. Wendy, when do you think it started? Because I think I can pinpoint. Maybe why. when I got back from Europe, because so I was it's walking probably so all much. the walking and stress. Yeah. Putting also, up. it didn't help being in Denver or 
Breckenridge with you? Oh, it's probably just, yeah, the past couple months, you've been doing a lot of activity, hiking, walking uphill. Does that mean I get to go out of Wednesday? No, absolutely not. <laughs> What's the point of making a video that you're not even going to participate in? <laughs> that makes no sense. Oh my God. Well, we'll get to that in yeah, a second. We'll but that. I think that there's a lot of things you could do for your foot. I mean, you're right now doing nothing for it. So Other at than least. Taking Advils. Which, yeah, you shouldn't do that every night. Yeah. It's not good for you. Yeah. It's like really bad for your liver, I think, or something. Oh, yeah. I think I need to do like Advil one night, then Tylenol the next. Yeah, I don't want to develop a tolerance. Well, okay, I didn't really finish my story about how I shattered my foot. So I shattered my foot, but for two whole weeks, my doctors did not find the fractures or um, anything. They just thought I had like the worst sprained ankle they'd ever seen in their entire life. They even brought the residents in being like, this is the worst sprain I've ever seen. And it was hilarious to them was not hilarious to me and they also didn't give me anything when i first came in and i started crying for like drugs i was like i need something so they gave me vicodin realized i freaking hate vicodin i threw it all up really yeah i threw it up and so that's why i never took it and then um so that was the first doctor visit the second doctor visit i came in it was how much longer after was the second a visit? week later okay. i came in they didn't they didn't see that I was getting better. So like, okay, come back in next week. The week after it looked worse. It really? was black and bruised. Had you been walking on it at this point? No, no, no. What? I had crutches. Okay. Yeah, I had crutches. And maybe I'd put my foot down, not A knowing. Bit, not yeah. knowing the severity of it. Yeah. And so it was by week two, my third doctor visit, they gave me another x-ray because they're like, why does it look worse? And they realized they never took an underneath shot of my heel. So they only took um, x-rays of the sides of my foot and the top, never underneath my foot. And that's when they realized I sh completely shattered my calcaneus heel. They um, put me in for surgery. They, they were like, either it could heal by itself and you'll be walking funny or you can get surgery and you'll never be able to walk in heels again. And I'm like, I'll take the no heels. Clearly that didn't happen because I still wear heels. I have a slight weird like wobble, but whatever. Anyways. So they really told you you wouldn't be able to walk in heels? Yeah. Like Because my foot can't go like this. Mm. And when you're walking in heels, your foot wobbles side to side. Mm. So that's why if I'm walking in uneven ground, I can walk in elevated ground, like up or down. But if the incline is sideways, mm -hmm. like if I'm walking it's sideways a on a hill, yeah. yeah it feels so uncomfortable. And I mm. sometimes think you don't believe me, but like it freaking hurts. Why do you think that? I don't know. I feel like people don't believe me when it's like, it hurts for me to walk on uneven ground. <laughs> it hurts for me to walk on uneven <laughs> ground. So I can't With imagine. Flat feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I got surgery, didn't realize the severity of the surgery. I thought I was going to be in surgery for like three hours and leave home the next day. I was in the freaking hospital for five days. You were in the hospital for five also, days? Also, none of my friends visited me because I didn't know the severity of it. I thought I was going to be in and out. I was hospitalized. Did they not tell you going into it? Like, hey, this is going to be a procedure that's going to take this much no, time? No. Uh -uh. That would be my first question. would be like, how long am I going to be in the hospital? I No, they didn't make it seem like it was a big deal at all. So I just thought I was going to be in and out. My sister who was living in town like 10 minutes from the hospital didn't even visit me once because she was just like, oh, you're coming home. You're coming home the next day. What are the next day you're coming why, home. Why is no one being a good friend to you? I mean, my ex was with me, but <laughs> I also don't like being a burden on yeah. anyone. So I didn't really tell anyone. Yeah. I mean, I told my sister, but I didn't even tell my you best probably friends ever. It. Yeah, yeah, I definitely downplayed it. So you thought you'd go in for three hours, but you ended up having to be there for five nights. Yes. And I was in so much pain, but I didn't want to like push the little button that gave you. Too prideful. 
I mean, I pushed it once in a while, but like it was like the a self-servicing morphine. They gave you that? Oh yeah, this was like back before they realized how freaking addicting opium was and like no, they, opiates. They've known for a while because this wasn't that long ago. This is 2015. Yeah, I feel like they didn't really start talking about it 2018. But either way, when I left the hospital, mm -hmm. they prescribed me Percocets. And if you've never, if you know about Percocets, you know it's like one of the strongest opiates ever. It is highly sought after. It's better than Vicodin, like. They prescribe Vicodin pretty regularly still, I feel like. Yeah. No, Percocet, sorry, you don't really get that. And I think it's a little bit of like rappers rapping about Percocets. Perks. Percocets, Perta. which fucking sucks. But I almost got addicted to Percocets because I could not function without taking a Percocet at night. I could not sleep. I couldn't do anything. I craved, I was excited to take it. Like I was looking forward to like, every single night taking my Percocet. I wouldn't let myself take it during the day. So I think I had some sort of like, I had some sort of control. Yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say. But I could see myself slipping into it. Mm -hmm. If you've never taken Percocet, it feels like a warm hug. It feels like you are heavy and the lightest blanket just feels like the biggest, warmest, fattest hug. And you feel like you can't move and you don't feel anything. And you just feel happy and elated. And I was looking at my bottle and I was like, how am I gonna get more? And that's when the trigger inside of me was like, I just need to get off of it cold turkey. Cause I was excited to take more of it. I was like, can I get prescribed more? <laughs> I don't know. I've never Taking tried it. Percocet. I don't recommend it. I don't. I don't mind Vicodin. Like people have pretty strong opinions. Like they like it or they don't. So one time I had like a cyst in the back of my throat. Mm -hmm. It was probably the most pain that I had ever experienced. This was probably. How do you get a cyst in your throat? I don't know. Where are you deep throating? <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, but it started off as just like a sore throat and it got worse. In the pain of a sore throat, it kind of levels out at a certain point where it's like it's painful, but yeah. then it doesn't get more painful. It just stays at that level. This was like that pain, but then it kept climbing as far yeah. as like how much it hurt. And then it became so dry and painful to the point where I couldn't swallow at one point. So I go into the doctor and they pretty much are like, it can go away on its own and we'll give you some stuff for it. Or we could just literally cut it out right now. Yeah. And I'm just like, cut it out right now. I don't want to experience this any longer. They're like, it's going to be really painful. But once we're done cutting it out, you're not going to feel any pain. Yeah. So I was like, all right. How, sorry. How do they cut it out while it's inside of your throat? They cut it out while it's inside of your throat. <gasps> so how do so they pretty much taking anything? like a knife. And literally just slicing it off like a scalpel. Yeah. And they sliced it off while your mouth was wide. How did they make sure your mouth? Awake. How did you make sure your mouth stayed open? Because even they when put my, a thing in it. Okay. Cause I was going to say, so they sprayed it down with like numbing shit that didn't do shit. <laughs> and then they put this thing in my mouth. So it was open. And then they pretty much just took this scalpel and then they started to press on it. And then they just kept pressing until the, it's, you know, when you're getting a massage and they're like pressing hard and then it starts to get so painful and you're like, this might be one of the most painful things mm -hmm. I've ever experienced. And you're like, ah, oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like that feeling, but then it just gets harder and harder. And it goes so deep to the point where it was like the most insane, humbling pain that I've ever experienced in my life. And then all of us, it's just like the pain kept increasing. And I'm yeah. like, I was like not even crying. It was just like one tiny little <laughs> teardrop came out of my eye and I was just like, <gasps> like I was like humbled by that feeling that I was like so overwhelmed. But the second they, that was over, okay. 
there was like literally no pain. There yeah. wasn't even pain from like the incision. There wasn't pain in my throat. Yeah. I was like, like after like 15 <laughs> seconds, I'm like, I don't like, I feel great. Yeah. I was so happy. And then they they're just like, they, they're, they're like, Hey, we'll prescribe you Vicodin. And I'm like, all right. Cool. And then they gave me this like full ass bottle of Vicodin, but I was in no more pain anymore. See, that's the issue is that they over prescribe these medications yeah. where like, they didn't even ask you, all right, what's your pain level? Yeah. Right. Before they were like, all right, we're just pres prescribing you Vicodin. Yeah, they really didn't ask because mm -hmm. I would have been like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I wasn't expecting or wanting like going in there trying to get Vicodin or anything. But anyways, they gave me this full ass bottle and I was like, sick like had just graduated high school um was in college time and so i was like you know hit up my friends and well i'm glad you didn't get like addicted to it in any I sense i didn't get addicted yeah no i remember like me and my ex were like taking it and like messing around with it so we would like take messing a, around with it messing around like we'd take a little edible take a little vicodin oh my god i just remembered such a funny ass story okay so i eventually moved into the basement and was kind of sleeping there and so me and my ex would just kind of like mess around and like oh fool around yeah no 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 i met with like the vicodin like we were like taking like edibles taking some vicodin and then there was one point where we god I, just like hearing your stories from childhood i'm like we would have never it's dated not even childhood this is like 2012. yeah your early adulthood we would have just never dated there was one time <sighs> where we took an edible and then we took a little Vicodin. Okay. And then their shoe started freaking out. She thought she needed to go to the hospital. And so she started like panicking. And then I'm like, oh God, like what's going to happen? And then she was like, call my mom. Yeah. So I was like, I was also really high. So, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Okay. Like if she's, if something's going to happen, I need to do this. So I tried, I called her mom. Luckily her mom didn't pick up. Okay. And then that's pretty much the story. But like so she it, got over it. She got over it, but it could have been so bad if I had to like explain to her mom that we were like taking Vicodin and edibles and like yeah. take her to the hospital. God. And that sobering moment where you think you're gonna die, you just sober right up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's different with edibles. Sometimes you could like I don't know if you remember when that. I got um when I took a shot and also ate an edible in Vegas and then threw up in my mouth at the comedy. <laughs> I think so I told funny. this on another uh, podcast, but yeah, I, I had never gotten crossfaded and threw up in my mouth and just instantly sobered the fuck up. This was, was like what last year? No, yeah, it was twenty twenty one. It was with Kaylee. Yeah, it was at the beginning of twenty twenty two. Actually, I January last of year. Yeah. last year. Anyways, I knew I was going to a comedy store and I was like, I don't want to drink. I want to get an edible, be high and laugh my ass off. We're like in this really nice like penthouse and there's two rooms. So I go in my room, take an edible. No one else sees me taking an edible. I'm not hiding it. I'm just like taking it by myself. And then when I walk out into the main living area, everyone is there. And one of Matt's good friends, Mario, gives me another edible. And I have a really hard time saying, no, I'm a people pleaser. So I take it. All right, great. I went from five milligrams, which is a lot for me, to 10 milligrams, which is way too much for me. And then everyone's like, let's take shots, 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 shots. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let me take one shot, just one shot. I don't remember you took a shot. 
I took a shot. I took a baby shot because I always get a baby shot, but it was like already with the edibles, it was too much. So I took the shot. Then we arrived to the comedy store or the comedy place like an hour later because everything takes an hour to get to Vegas because the traffic. And I'm so dehydrated, so freaking dehydrated. But the girl at the bar wouldn't give us more than two waters because there's only two of us in line. But those waters, I didn't realize. I thought you were getting for me, but you were getting it for Andrew and Mario. And so I thought I was getting water, but I wasn't. Instead, you bought me a drink instead of water. And I just didn't want to wait in, like neither of us wanted to wait in line for more water because then we just have to go in the back, whatever. So the show is hilarious. I'm high out of my mind. I am sipping, sipping, sipping. I'm so You're thirsty. You're just drinking that I'm drink. Just sipping. Yeah. I'm also high, not realizing how much alcohol is in it. And when I get up, well, at bathroom. one point you kind of like pushed it my way because you're like, okay, I don't want any more of this. But like, I didn't take any, and then I, you just kind of kept drinking it because mm -hmm. well, I was thirsty. so thirsty. <gasps> yeah. So after the show ended, I went to the bathroom, and that's when it fucking smacked me in the face that I was high and drunk out of my and mind. So we're all outside of the bathroom, like waiting for me, like yeah. waiting for you, kind of down by the hallway. And there's a guy who's like cleaning up, and he goes and he was like in the bathroom. And then he comes out and he's like, "Hey, is that your friend in there?" It was actually the comedians that were standing out with their little tables so that you would buy their merch and whatnot. I had walked out of the girl's bathroom and I like sunk to the floor. And then one of the comedians was like, hey, is that your girl? And then I'm like, what do you mean? And then I'm like, no, like Tiffany would never like be having an issue like throwing up or anything like she's not that messed up. But then I walked over and then what happened? Like you came out of the bathroom and you pretty much just kind of collapsed. Like you stumbled over and I'm like, oh my God, Tiffany, are you okay? And then there was like a guy, a janitor like cleaning up. So there was the garbage there and you were like, I was like, I need the guard. Like I'm going to throw up. I need it. And he's like struggling to even open the oh, garbage yeah. bin. And then he gives me a plastic bag and he then like he gave you the plastic bag. You're struggling to even open it because you got like thick fingers and no nails. And so, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you were struggling with it. It took really long. Either way, I ended up having to throw up in my mouth, swallow it. And then I sobered the hell up. So nasty. Yeah. But anyways, that was the only time I've ever seen you like inebriated to the point where you couldn't really stand and you kind of mm -hmm. had like just lost it's almost like everything i think you said like when you sat down in the bathroom everything kind of just like hit you yeah. at once because mm -hmm. you have a weird metabolism where you have a very fast metabolism because you're you know 40 pounds but also <laughs> it takes a very long time for like edibles to work into like get oh, into yeah. your bloodstream and stuff so i think that everything started to like hit you a little bit later and when you were sitting down and then you got up and you couldn't stand. And I remember being so scared. Really? I was like, what is wrong? Because I, in my head, I was like, you didn't take enough substances to justify this reaction. So maybe there's oh. something wrong with you. Like you thought someone drugged me. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. It was just like panic because off of a couple edibles and a couple drinks wouldn't cause someone to be like falling over and being like, like you couldn't like it was like you checked out you looked at me and then it was like the, uh, your eyes had kind of like rolled back and you like fell over and i was like did you, are you having like a, no. a stroke or something so what happened was i was like trying to put myself together walking out of the bathroom and like i was like okay like i just need to like remember i am safe i am balanced like i am fine but when oh, you i had saw a little mantra in your head yeah i, I was trying to like <laughs> talk myself into being like you're okay like it's just an edible. Like, there he is. It's I can... just a drug. It's just being drunk. But yeah. when I saw you, because I feel so safe with you, I kind of just allowed myself to like 
let go of like mm-hmm. whatever ounce of dignity I had left. <laughs> oh, that's kind of like romantic. Yeah, in a I just weird felt way. Sa- I knew you would take care of me. So then Aww. I was like, okay, like let me just like not even try to balance myself. I'm yeah. like, let like let myself like feel what I I need to feel, which is why I finally like threw up when so you were funny. around. Um, but yeah, that reminds me of just I don't like feeling not in control of myself so I don't really let myself like even when I take edibles I only take it at nighttime just so I can sleep and like dulls the pain but I don't allow myself to feel out of control during the daytime Mm -hmm. but I think that stems from you know like my family has addiction problems and that's the last thing I want for myself and so when I felt myself slipping with Percocets I was like I don't want that Mm -hmm. But this reminds me, I did not tell you a crazy story that Allison told me yesterday. Should I tell it? Is it about is addiction? Okay, sure. Okay. So um, I have a friend who is live, living inside of a house with like one of her best guy friends, Alex. And Alex has a back house inside of his house that is like an ADU. And what I didn't realize is that he has been airbnb it out. And so he had put it up for Airbnb. He'd been getting money from it. A passive income normally he'd been booking them for like i don't know like two weeks at a time and he's like it's like not super cheap it's like 150 dollars a night to book out his adu which is a great price and so he um like someone messaged him 40 year old white male looked completely normal healthy looking whatever and he shows up to alex's place in a walker and alex and allison are like what's going on like why does he have a walker Um, He looks super healthy in his photos, like on Airbnb, like, okay, like maybe he just got into an accident. Well, a few days pass. It's like day three of him staying in and he's, he has his dogs there as well. And um, he lets the dog out and the dog is barking, 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 barking. And he's not like shushing it or making it come inside. And Allison is like, is this guy okay? Like her mind goes straight to like, did this guy die or like is in need of something? And you know, no one's checking up on him, but she waits a few hours cause she doesn't know the guy and she doesn't want to like invade in his space. Mm-hmm. And a few hours pass and the guy finally lets the dog back inside and is getting something delivered to his house. And she sees that the delivery guy is holding like a black bag with no, like a plain- like an alcohol bag. Exactly. And she sees a, and she can see the ouch, the outline of it, there's a giant bottle of alcohol in it. And she's like, okay. And he's wearing gray sweatpants and she sees the back of his sweatpants and it is stained in brown. And she's like, there's no way, there's no way. And so she tells Alex and he's like, oh, that's so weird. They joke about it. A few days pass and they hear aggressive knocking at the front door and it's like his friend and no one hears it for like 10 minutes and he keeps getting louder and louder. But then Alex sees on the ring camera that there's a guy in the front door. So then he opens it and he's like, is everything okay? He's like, hey, where's this guy at? And he's like, oh, he lives in the back house. So he just assumed it was a friend. Then two days later, the fucking cops come banging on the door and he's like what's going on he's like where's this guy at and they're like oh he's in the back house and he's like can i ask what's going on he's like yeah we're doing a welfare check alex asks the cops like okay can you do a welfare check and then come back and tell me what's going on the cops never say anything they they check on him and they leave two days later again at this point he's contacted airbnb he's like this guy needs to get out of my house like he's not all right there's something wrong with him people keep coming looking for him Two days later, another guy shows up and he's like, hey, I'm with the rehab center. We're checking up on this guy. Let's call him Chris. We're checking up on Chris. Um, Where is he? He's like, oh, he's in the back house. 
So he talks to Chris for an hour. He comes back to Alex and he's like, hey, just letting you know, it's really bad. Luckily, we caught it early enough that, you know, he's willing to come to rehab with us. But you are going to need a biohazard team and removing everything from your back house. What? Turns out Chris had bottles and bottles and bottles of liquor all strewn around the back house. And he had only been living there for 10 days. And he was wearing diapers and he would drink so much alcohol that he would pass out drunk and shit himself. And there was feces all over the house, all over the house. That is fucked up. All on the couch, the bed, the pillows. There was poop on the pillows. He was literally just like living and pooping and sleeping all in the same area. And he was also going to the bathroom, pulling down his pants and just letting the shit leak out of his legs. Like he would walk out of his pants and then just let the shit leak out while he's walking. So it was absolutely disgusting. They had to pay for a biohazard team to come and scrub it out. They came, assessed the place and they're like, oh, like we can do this in a day. They ended up staying and doing it over two days because of how bad it was. And Airbnb is not really helping with anything. And then on top of that, um, luckily Alex is in contact with Chris's mom and Chris's mom was the person that was calling for the welfare checks. Mm. And she's like 65 and she has to take care of his, her 40 year old son that's struggling with, I, I, she is an angel. That's insane. And so she's gonna pay for everything. They're in contact, which is really great. But like, he was on a bend, he was literally on a bender. Mm -hmm. And imagine if he stayed the full like 30 days, he was supposed to be there for 30 days. He probably would have died inside of Alex's house. Yeah. And so I don't know, addiction really freaks me out. And I'm just glad that they're safe but um yeah she showed me some of the photos it was crazy oh my that is like such a nightmare i feel like that's one of those things where you think about the cons of like renting out your spot is dealing with like insane shit like that Mm -hmm. literally no pun intended i mean speaking of shit we've had to deal with yes freaking theo man theo he i don't know what he got into but that little boy his brain is developing at a very slow rate <laughs> and he just loves to eat everything he possibly can. Lord knows what he's doing out he in the backyard. To eat toys. He likes to eat toys. He likes to eat grass. He likes to eat anything, dirt, mud. Like he'll put anything in his mouth. I don't know if it's just because he's so hungry and we need to feed him more. I think it's a little bit of that. <laughs> but either way, <laughs> or he's a I woke stupid. up. <laughs> hey, be nice. He is a little dumb. He is a little dumb, but he's also... The sweetest. Oh my God! What's the date? The fourteenth. His birthday tomorrow. is tomorrow. It's tomorrow. He's turning one. one. Year is what tomorrow. are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. I want to take him to get groomed because <laughs> of this fucking story. So, anyways, two days ago, three days ago, I wake up to go to the gym at seven a.m. and I smell something ridiculously vile as I'm going in leaving the house mm-hmm. and I pass by the kitchen where the dogs are in their crates and I smell something and I'm like, oh my God! One of these dogs did something. I look in Zoe's crate, nothing. I look in Theo's and I don't see anything, but I do smell something and I see like kind of like a little brown spots spots on his bed, but not like I was confused because it wasn't like there was a lot of it. It was just like little almost skid marks and he was faced the opposite way, like facing the wall, which is very abnormal for him. So I'm like, what the hell? I open the crate. He immediately runs out and the door was open at this point. 
because I knew like, hey, one of these dogs maybe needs to go to the bathroom. Opened it, opened the crate. He runs out of the house and I follow him and he's just diarying like pure, like it's like a fountain. It's like a chocolate fountain that's just like spewing I'm out of so his asshole. I'm so sorry to everyone listening. Um, and I was like, what the hell? I you go inside. Yeah, I check the crate. Nothing except for like a couple spots. And in my head, I'm like, okay, a couple, like a little bit just kind of like leaked out and he was holding it. Good boy. Then I go outside and this motherfucker is eating his diarrhea. And I am like, it's first of all, I didn't get a lot of sleep. It's 7 a.m. I have to go do a workout. Then I have to go like do a full day of filming. And so I'm like scrambling, running around the house, trying to get my bag and get everything set up and deal with this situation. And when I went outside and I saw, I'm like, where's the diarrhea? And I see him like licking his lips. I'm like, there's no way. And I go to his mouth and I smell it. And I'm like, this kid just ate it. And then I'm standing there being like, holding him like smelling his mouth and he starts peeing on himself <laughs> and i'm like are you kidding me so okay. the first thing i do is i take him i wipe off that stuff as quick as possible and i put him back in his crate because i'm like i love you to death but that was probably the dumbest thing you had done what put him back in after you watched him eat his own diarrhea because what is he gonna do after you eat diarrhea you either throw it up or shit it out i know that's true but i was like in frantic no, scramble I mode and i yeah, needed to leave and in my in head morning. i'm like I'll deal with whatever repercussions later, not, not knowing realizing. that you had to deal with the repercussions of what you woke up to, which was like pure yeah. liquid diarrhea everywhere. I woke up to text messages from you being like, hey, like just letting you know, you know, Theo had a poopy accident. He held it in, but he diarrheaed in the back. He probably needs to get out. And I was like, fine, totally fine. So I'm not hearing a peep, no no barks, no whines, no nothing. I'm like, okay, like, let me just get out right now because, you know, he probably needs to. I opened the door to our bedroom and it's the smell, the stench smacks me in the face. It smells like pure, vile, warm, soupy diarrhea. That's exactly. I don't know how to explain it. It's just very vile. It wasn't like a. The thing is, you did not see or smell the extent of what I saw and smell. I can't even imagine. I run the second I smell it. I run to Theo, let him out of the crate. The first thing I see is just pure soup leaking out of the crate into our (laughs) dining room carpets. And I am amazed that he stuck his booty out of his crate to poop. He knew not to do inside of his crate. He stuck his butt out of the hole and did it. I let him outside. I look at the mess. And the first thing that goes to my head is, I'm not even awake enough to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, Matt, I have to FaceTime you. I know you're in the middle of work right now, but I have to FaceTime you. So I FaceTime Matt. I show him the mess. And I'm like, I'm so, I just can't even like, I don't even know where to start. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I can't even deal with it. I'm like, I, I haven't even peed. I haven't brushed my teeth. I haven't washed my face. I need to do that. I go to the bathroom and guess what? My door was wide open to my office and so was my bathroom. And it still smelled just as strong in my bathroom as it did in the dining room. And so I don't even wash my face. I stick on those like scarves you wear when it's like really like when you're snowboarding and you need to cover your face because of the wind chill. I put a scarf <laughs> on, <laughs> put a scarf on and I start to work and I picked up piles and piles of pieces of clothing. Like this kid was eating his cloth toys by the mouthful. And yeah. so that's probably what happened. It was. But anyways, yeah. So then I came home and then. I yeah, mean, I, I cleaned it you 99%. You did a good job of cleaning yeah. it. But we're still kind of deep cleaning the house and trying yeah. to get rid of that. Oh, to have dogs. Yeah. 
Uh, I wanted to talk about the wedding, but we'll save that for next week. So look forward to like some wedding talk. Yeah, we'll cut out the poop talk. I feel like last week or the week before, too, we had a pretty vile story. Oh, we were talking about the Dubai porta potty stuff. Oh, my God. This uh, I would say uh, the Dubai porta potty is way worse. Oh, yeah. Sorry oh. for all the poop talk. So big shout out to like the hazmat teams. Like they literally yeah. showed up in like like hazmat suits, like to the Monsters Inc. Like suits. That is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, they apparently he hired the same people that like do the CSI crime scenes and like hoarders houses. Oh, okay. But like there are, pe- I didn't realize it was a job, but like people have to clean up like CSI crime scenes. Yeah. And I, I never thought like, oh, you know, like someone has to do that. Someone it's like really- firefighters. People don't realize they are called to pretty much like every scene, even if it's not, you know, and so they're constantly having to pull out. They're like paramedics. Yeah, they're essentially paramedics. Yeah. So they see like the worst shit possible. Why is that? Maybe there's not enough fire, so they have to do something else outside of fires. Because maybe they'll do like one fire a day in the city. I don't know. That's a good point yeah there's I, not a lot of fires i, feel I wonder like. too if it's like maybe they're trained or they have the special equipment and they're maybe they have the equipment because if you think about a fire truck it's got the ladders so i'm sure it's a part of like what they train for but that's a good point i have no idea why i mean wildfire season in la is like during yeah. like summer hot months speaking of which the fires in hawaii oh my gosh that's another topic we could talk about i got like someone tagged me on instagram and it was like this video of this woman being like the problem with influencers is that they like love to glorify and travel to Hawaii and have no problem exploiting it for its culture. But now that this fire thing is happening, they're silent. But anyways, (laughs) I guess we could use this platform right now to say that if anyone is interested in donating, we'll drop a couple links in the bio um, for people to donate because it is very tragic and horrific. And there's already been, I think the last time I saw it was like, oh, 89. It's up to 89 people yeah. have died. Jesus. Or 86. Is Either it, way. Yeah. It's like right under it's in 90. the 80s. Yeah. That's crazy. So we'll drop a link for that. Use our platform at least We're to good. shed some light. Yeah. Yeah. We're and, not so uh, rotten all the time. <laughs> and that's it for today. We got rotten stories, but not yeah, so rotten. True. All right. Well, if you guys haven't already, give us those five stars, baby. baby. And give us a freaking comment. Drop a comment. Um, what should what should the comment be? Can't be poop related. No, we can. Have you ever broken that. anything? Yeah, have you ever broken any bones? I've never broken any bones. Lucky, I lucky, lucky you. Yeah, have you any? Have you ever broken any bones? And if you have, let us know which bones they are. That, and you can also maybe tell us what's the most ex- like painful thing you've ever experienced because yeah. mine was definitely getting the cyst removed. Well, mine was definitely breaking my yeah. bones. So <laughs> let us know below. All right. Well. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye, guys.